Hey, what's up, everybody? It's KJ, the pastor of Radiant, and I'm so excited that you guys are joining us online for our Easter experience. Friends, it's going to be such a powerful service. And right now, if you would just like this video, if you would comment, shout us down in the comments. Come on, preach that. That's good. Interact with us. And lastly, if you would tag a friend or share this on your page, get this out to somebody. Even after you watch it, tell them to come back and watch it. Friends, it's going to be powerful. We got a live stream that's at 11. We got one at 1 p.m. and we got one at 6 p.m., friends. So it's going to be so, so powerful. And I'm so excited about today because I'm preaching on one of my favorite topics. I'm preaching on the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. And I've been praying and hearing from God that God will speak to you through this message, friends. So we're going to have some fun. And I want you to know something about the cross. I want you to know something about the crucifixion. It's the bedrock of our faith. That this is the main thing. This is the big thing. This is the pillar of our faith. And if we don't get this right, if we don't understand this revelation, all of our faith is in vain. And if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Resurrection Faith. I'm going to say it again. The title of my message is Resurrection Faith. It took faith for Jesus to resurrect. It took faith for Jesus to leave heaven and come to earth and die for our sins. It took faith for Jesus to despise the torture of the cross for the joy set before him. It took faith, and we've been talking about faith. And today I want to talk about the faith of Jesus because Jesus had the most powerful faith our salvation hinged on his faith. So, friends, it's going to be so powerful. But I want you to know something. There's an enemy that's after you. There's an enemy that's trying to destroy you. And there's an enemy that's trying to bring fear to you. And he wants to bring fear. He wants you afraid. He don't want you walking in the fullness of God. And this is the difference between before the cross and after the cross. Before the cross, the enemy could bring fear. He could touch you. He could torment you. The Bible says that Satan was disarmed by the cross. But before the cross, he was armed. He was armed with bullets in his gun that he would shoot at you to accuse you before God. But after the cross, he was disarmed. I want you to know something. Satan may have a gun in your face. He may be waving it in your face. And you may feel like you're afraid. But child of God, you don't have to be afraid because Satan has been disarmed at the cross. Yeah, he's waving that gun, but there's no bullets in that gun. Jesus took the bullets out of his gun. Jesus took the sting out of death, hell in the grave. And if he's shooting at you he's just shooting blanks there's nothing in that gun why because of the passion of our Christ and he didn't just die for us casually he died for us passionately come on somebody give God a shout of praise give him a shout of praise so friends we're talking about the good news now what is good news what is good news good news depends on what you need Good news depends on what you need. Good news is the solution to the problem. Friends, I want you to know that Jesus is everything you need. Let me say it again. I want you to know something. Jesus is everything you need. If you're thirsty, he's the living water. If you're hungry, he's the bread of life. If you're suffocating, he's the breath of life. If you're in darkness, he is the light. Whatever you need, Jesus is it. If you're at the end, he is the beginning. If you're in the beginning, he is the end. Friends, whatever you need, Jesus is it. And I want you to know something. The bad news is I'm a sinner looking for a savior. But the good news is Jesus is a savior looking for this sinner. Come on, somebody. Give my savior a shout of praise. Now, I want to answer two questions in my sermon. I want to answer two questions. The first question I want to answer is this. Why did Jesus have to die for our sins? Why did Jesus have to die for our sins? And the second question is, why did Jesus have to become a man 
to die for our sins. Hopefully, during my sermon, we'll answer those two questions. If you have your Bibles, go to the book of Romans. Let's read some scripture. I'll give you guys a second to get there. Book of Romans, and we can go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite messages ever. Romans chapter 5. We're going to jump. We're going to start at verse 12. It says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Friends, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to unpack this verse for you. In other words, the Bible says through one man, death reigned. Through one man, death reigned. Adam was the one man that sinned. And when he sinned, he was separated from the presence of God. He was separated from the family of God. And the moment he sinned, he died spiritually. He was separated and sin entered the earth through one man. Adam brought sin. We're all born in sin and shaping in iniquity because of Adam's sin. And I know some of you guys may feel like that's not fair. Why am I a sinner? Why am I born into sin because of what Adam did? It's because of the principle of representation. The principle of representation is all throughout the scripture. And maybe you don't understand what that is. The best way I can explain it to you is through a football game. When you go to a, when you go to a football game, when one player jumps off sides, who's penalized, that player or the whole team? No, the whole team is penalized, not just that player. Why? Because that player represents the whole team. So when Adam sinned and ate the forbidden fruit, when he jumped off sides from the will and the purpose of God, not only was he separated from God, not only was he born a sinner in that moment, not only did he die spiritually, the whole human race died spiritually. All of us were separated from God. But the Bible says death reigned through one man, but life reigns through another man. I want you to know something. Adam probably jumped off sides and he dropped the ball. But Christ came and picked up that same ball and he scored a touchdown with it. And now if we believe in Christ, we are saved. Not by our touchdown, but by his touchdown. Not by our grace, but by his grace. Not by our goodness, but by his goodness. He represented us all. And the Bible calls him the second Adam. It means the second representative for mankind. The first Adam dropped the ball and separated us from God. But the second Adam picked up the ball and connected us to God. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus a shout of praise. But friends, at the moment when Adam sinned, we're born in sin, shaping in iniquity. I remember my nephew. He was so pretty. He was so cute. He was so awesome. I love my nephew. But I remember watching him grow up. I was like, how did this baby learn how to lie? He was one years old. I'm like, did you eat the cookie? Me eat no cookie. Me eat no cookie. I'm like, who taught him how to lie? Then he was a thief. He would steal stuff from me and put it in his diaper. I'm like, where my pencil? Me see no pencil. Me see no pencil. I'm like, it's right there in your diaper. He's like, eh. Now, how did this little baby know how to steal? How did this baby know how to lie? Then when he got mad at me, he used to swing at me like, uh, uh, uh. And he would try to kill me. I'm telling you, this little one-year-old would try to kill me. He was a murderer. This little baby was a lying, thieving murderer. And guess what? Nobody taught him. And they didn't have to. Why? Because he was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. Sin was inside of him because he had the sin nature. And the sin nature produces sin. 
And that's what we inherited from Adam. But Jesus said, I have a better thing for you. I'm not going to leave you with the sin nature. I'm going to give you the nature of God on the inside of you. I'm going to bring the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm going to reconnect you back to the family of God. Now, here's why Jesus had to come and here's why he had to die. The Bible says that there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. There's no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. In other words, God said, I only forgive sin by the shedding of blood. Blood is the payment for sin. Why? Because blood is the center of life. Without blood in the body, the body dies. And blood was to atone for sin. Now, friends, this is crazy because in the Old Testament, they would go and sacrifice lambs. They would sacrifice rams. They would sacrifice bulls. And they would use the blood of these animals to cover their sins. But the blood of those animals would only cover their sins temporarily. So they would have to do it daily. They would have to do it weekly. They would have to do it monthly. Even when you read the Old Testament, the Bible talks about putting blood on the doorposts. And when a deaf angel would come, he would pass over all the houses that have blood on the doorposts. Why? Because the blood covered you the blood protects you but the problem with that blood is it was temporary blood God said I'm gonna send some permanent blood I'm gonna send some blood that's not tainted I'm gonna send some blood that is spotless I'm gonna send some blood that is perfect and that was the blood of Jesus he was the perfect spotless lamb that was sacrificed for you and me and friends Jesus stepped out of divinity he came down to humanity to die as a man he took off his godhood he put on manhood and he walked this earth 33 years perfect to die for your sins and to die for our sins now why did he have to do that in order to die for us he had to do everything we never done and he had to do everything we couldn't do and what we couldn't do we couldn't keep the law we couldn't live holy we couldn't live righteous but Jesus was able to keep the law he was able to live holy and he was able to live righteous why because we was born in sin but Jesus wasn't born like you and me he was born of a virgin and when God created a woman he said a woman's blood and the child blood never mixes why because I'm gonna come and sit in the stomach of that woman and when I sit in that stomach I need some spotless blood I need some resurrection blood I need some savior blood that would never be tainted so when Jesus Jesus came he didn't have the x and y chromosomes that we have no he was be he was birthed inside of Mary, uh, Mary from the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit put Jesus inside of Mary and he was a candidate to die for your sins and my sins and he had to become a man why because mankind had sinned on earth so the sin problem couldn't be fixed from heaven it had to be fixed from earth and Jesus lived 33 years he fulfilled all the Ten Commandments and he never sinned or committed one of those Ten Commandments he fulfilled the 613 ordinances of the Old Testament law which was called the mixed and he fulfilled the demands of the mixma, the mixfa, and he and he and he fulfilled all of that for you and me, friends. He fulfilled all of it. He paid the price, and he was the candidate to die for our sins. Now, I want to take you to the death of Jesus, and I want to show you what the death of our Savior looked like. I'm going to take you to his death. I'm going to take you to it. I'm going to take you to his death. Now, something you have to realize that happened at the cross. The cross is vertical and the cross is horizontal. Vertical points up to God. 
horizontal points out to man. The cross is the place where the God man would die and atone for our sins. And friends, there was two sides to the cross. There was the physical side and there was the spiritual side. I'm going to walk you through the physical side of the cross. The physical side of the cross was sad. Why? Because Jesus was committed. Jesus was tried for committing blasphemy. He claimed to be God. And they said, oh, no, you can't claim to be God. That's blasphemy. We're going to crucify you. And then they went and they got Jesus because he was sold out by Judas. And as they got Jesus, they grabbed him and they began to tie him up. And at that point, they began to beat Jesus. They had what was called the cattle nine tails. And the cattle nine tails was this ball. And this ball had spikes on it. And the spikes was about two inches long and they curved at the end. And they would beat them with the cattle nine tails. So they bent Jesus over and they got this ball full of spikes and they would smack Jesus on the back with the cattle nine tails. And as they would latch him with the cattle nine tails, the curves on the end of the ball would latch into his flesh. And then when they pulled the cattle nine tails, it would snatch his flesh off his back. And they would beat him and they lashed him 39 times on his back. What kind of God are you? What kind of king are you? What kind of savior are you? And they beat him and they mocked him and they spat on him. And then at that point, they said, oh, you're, you're a king, huh? You're a king? And they grabbed a crown. of they, they grabbed a crown of thorns and they went to his head. They said, you're a king? And those thorns was about two inches long and they put it on his head and they pressed it down inside of his head as blood began to ooze out. What king are you? What kind of king are you? Save yourself, king. Free yourself, king. And they mocked him and they spit on him and they beat him and they kicked him and they tortured him. And he never committed a crime. He never committed a sin. They did this to him because of you and me. And the Bible says that Jesus despised the shame for the joy set before him. He endured the cross so he could set you free one day. Friends, it was sad. The Bible says he was beaten Bad. He was mocked. He was beaten so bad. They said you can barely recognize he was a man. That if you looked at him, you was like, what is that? What is that? He was beaten that bad. And the problem was he was innocent. He had never committed a crime. He had never committed a sin. But yet he was dying for the crimes and the sins of the world. But the Bible says Jesus was beaten so bad you couldn't even recognize he was a man that he was beaten, he was flogged, he was tortured, and they tortured him because he said he was God, he said he was a king, and they were angry. He was beaten bad, and they put nails through his hands, and they put nails through his feet. Actually, the nails went through his wrists and his ankles, and the way he was positioned, he couldn't even breathe. He would have to push up on his ankles and hands to come up for oxygen and air to get breath. It was bad, friends. It was bad. And he hung on a cross and he was bleeding. And the Bible says he uttered not a word. He didn't complain. He didn't whine about it. He didn't nag. He didn't cry about it. Why? Because he knew what he was doing. He was a man on mission. He was a savior on mission. Friends, this was the passion of your Christ. While he was going through this, he had you in mind. And he did it for you. And then there are people that was crucifying him, the people that was nailing him to the cross, the people that was latching his back with the cattle nine tails, the people that was putting the crown of thorns through his head. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. As they was crucifying him, he was forgiving them.
Friends, it showed the love of our Savior. How could you forgive people that's killing you? Jesus did it because he loved you that much. And I want you to know something. Nails didn't hold Jesus to the cross. Love did because there was 10 legions of angels standing there ready that could have stopped it at any point. But he said, I don't want this to stop because I want to free them from their sin, their shame, their bondage, and their iniquities. Friends, it was the passion of our Christ. And as bad as that was, as painful as that was, it was the best part of the cross no no friends friends you missed it it was the best part of the cross it was the easiest part of the cross when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane before he had to go and be crucified in the garden of Gethsemane Jesus said let this cup pass from me let this cup pass from me and he was in anxiety and depression the Bible says that blood came out of his pores No, no, no. Before he ever got touched, before the crowns of thorns ever came through his head, blood came out of his pores. Because science will show you the highest form of depression and anxiety is when you start bleeding out of your pores. Now, why was he so anxious? Why was he so depressed? Why didn't he want to go to the cross? Friends, there was something that Jesus was scared of. And I want to tell you, it wasn't the cattle nine tails that would be on his back. It wasn't the crown of thorns that would be in his head. It wasn't the nails that would, that would be in his wrist and his feet. No, 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 friends. There was something so much bigger that Jesus feared. Jesus didn't fear the physical side of the cross. Jesus feared the spiritual side of the cross. Friends, I'm going to show you what the spiritual side of the cross looked like. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says this. For he made him who knew no sin to be made sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God in him. He who knew no sin became sin that we may become the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Let me say that again. He who knew no sin became sin that we may become the righteousness of Christ Jesus. See, friends, Jesus didn't just die for your sins. Jesus became your sins. You missed it. If you want to cure something or if you want to prevent something, if you want to prevent the flu, you go and get a flu shot. And the irony in the flu shot is when you go get a flu shot to stop you from getting the flu, they inject you with the flu. Why? You got to become what you're curing or avoiding. So Jesus was to be the cure for sin. But in order for him to be the cure of sin, he had to become sin. Why? You have to become what you're curing. They say if you get bit by a poisonous snake, typically you would need the same poison that you got bit with. Why? You have to behold and become what you're destroying. So Jesus became sin. On the cross, he became all the sins of the world. He was your sin. He was my sin. He was all the sins of the world. He who knew no sin became sin. Friends, Jesus didn't just die for you. Jesus died as you. Now watch this. He became sin. What does that mean? The Bible says on the cross, Jesus yielded up the ghost. In other words, the Holy Spirit inside of him, the Holy Ghost that made him like God, that made him righteous, that made him sinless, that connected him with God, he yielded up that ghost. In other words, he dismissed the Holy Spirit to leave him. Friends, whenever the Holy Spirit leaves you, the enemy spirit enters you. 
And when the Holy Spirit left Jesus, the enemy spirit came inside of Jesus. And at that point, he said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, friends, this is one of the most oddest verses in the Bible. Because as you watch Jesus his whole life, all the way from 12 years old to 33 years old, he never referred to God as God. He always referred to him as my father. I must be about my father's business. I'm in my father. My father is in me. I go where my father sends me. He always referred to him as my father. Why? Because he was a son. He was in relationship. And he was in relationship because he was sinless. But when he yielded up the ghost. He lost the Holy Spirit, and at that moment, he was no longer a son. He was a sinner. And Jesus would sit on the cross, a sinner like you and me. Jesus was a liar on the cross. Why? Because the sin nature came inside of him, and the sin nature produces lies. Jesus was a thief on the cross. Jesus was a murderer on the cross. Jesus was all the sins of the world on the cross. Why? Because when the nature of sin comes inside of you, sin is the result. And if they would have took the nails out of his hands and the nails off out of his feet, he would have walked around living like the very devil he despised. Why? Because it's the sin nature. That's why we sinned. That's why we do the bad things we did. Not because we're bad, but because the sin nature is inside of us. And Jesus became it. He who knew no sin became sin. He was all the sins of the world. Friends, he was a sinner. He would have got off the cross. He would have lied. He would have stole. He would have tried to murder. Why? Because the sins of Hitler was inside of him. The sins of Saddam Hussein was inside of him. The sins of all the world was inside of Jesus. And not only was the sins inside of him, the diseases was inside of him. On the cross, Jesus had cancer. On the cross, Jesus had AIDS. On the cross, Jesus had the flu. On the cross, Jesus had the coronavirus. On the cross, Jesus had all the sins of the world. He was anxious. He was depressed. He was bipolar. He was schizophrenic. All the sins we would ever deal with was inside of Jesus. He who knew no sin became it. This was all on him. That's why Jesus said, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to drink all these sins, all these diseases, all these attitudes. I don't want that inside of me. He didn't want it. See, friends, if you're a dirty person, being in a dirty environment don't bother you. You're like, hey, I'm at home. But if you're a clean person, I'm talking squeaky clean. I'm talking zest clean. A little bit of dirt will mess you up. And imagine the clean The spotless lamb, the one that's the second member of the Trinity, the one that created the earth. Imagine him wearing and housing the sins of the devil. Imagine how nasty and how unclean that was for him. Imagine how he felt. Imagine the one that was always with his father, separated from his father, and no longer is it his father, it's his God. Imagine what he must have went through. Friends, yes, the thorns was bad. Yes, the nails was bad. Yes, the cattle nine nine tails was bad. But it had nothing on Jesus becoming sin. Friends, this is not the physical part of the cross. This is the spiritual side of the cross. This is what happened internally. He who knew no sin became sin. But friends, this is why he had to become it. This is why he was in pain and his blood pressure shot up. This is why. I got a scripture for you. This is why. It says, 
Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. It said he was wounded for our transgressions. If you look, wounds are external scars. They're external. When someone is wounded, they're, they're bleeding externally. Our transgressions are our external sins. It's the visible sins that we would commit and people would see. So Jesus was externally wounded for our external sins. But then the word says he was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquities. Friends, a bruise is internal bleeding. In other words, those iniquities, those attitudes, that pride, that shame, those lies, those internal sins we would commit, he bled internally to cover our internal sins, our iniquities. He was bruised. He was bleeding on the inside to cover the sins on the inside. Then lastly, then lastly, we should have peace. Our God is the Prince of Peace. The Bible says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, Jesus had to be chastised so we can have peace. So the chastisement of our peace, the chastise means to punish. He was punished. So when life will try to punish us, we don't have to experience the punishment. We can walk in peace. We can walk in love. We can walk in joy. When we have chastisement around us, we can have peace inside of us. Why? Because the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Then it said, by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, when he was being struck, that was our healing being paid for, friends. I want you to know Jesus experienced every part of the crucifixion so you can experience every part of the resurrection. Come on, somebody. Give our Savior a shout of praise. And maybe you say, well, I've been through a lot of pain, Pastor KJ. I experienced a lot of pain. Friends, I got good news for you. Because they tried to give him wine with vinegar. And that was an antibody agent that would numb pain. And Jesus rejected the drink. He said, I don't want it. I'm not drinking anything to numb this pain. Why? I'm going to experience all of this pain. So when you're in pain, you can be set free. When you're in pain, I will come and bring you peace in the midst of your pain. Jesus said, I'm going to wear pain so you can walk in purpose, friends. This is the passion of our Christ. Friends, he paid for every aspect of you. And then after he paid for all of this, he was on the cross and he uttered this famous phrase. He said, to tell us die, which means it is finished. The payment for your sins is finished. The payment for your healing is finished. The payment for your peace is finished. It is finished. But I love that line. He didn't say he was finished. He wasn't finished yet because in three days he will rise again and resurrection power and resurrection victory. It is finished, but he wasn't finished. He still had work to do because friends, the crucifixion paid for your sins, but the resurrection would pay for your seat. Let me say it again. The, crucif the crucifixion paid for your sins, but the resurrection would pay for your seat. You will be seated with Christ in heavenly places because of the resurrection friends this was a two-part payment one payment was for your sins and another payment was for access to heaven oh friends Jesus won out for you
And the Bible says you've been justified by Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be justified? Justified means just if I never sin. When the Father looks at you, he looks at you just as if you never sinned. Just as if you never lied. Just as if you never stole. Just as if you never committed that crime. You have been justified by Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't just die for you. Jesus died as you. Saying you have no power. You have no victory. You have no authority. Jesus broke the back of the devil. Jesus broke the back of death, hell, and the grave. You've been set free by the passion of the Christ. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Friends, I know I'm preaching aggressive, but this is a powerful story, and I want you to understand the magnitude of the cross. I want you to understand it. So now Jesus is buried, and he's dead. Jesus is inside of the tomb. He's inside of the tomb. But here's good news, friends. The Bible says Jesus was the firstborn of the dead. Death had a baby, and that baby was Jesus. Jesus was inside of the tomb, but the tomb thought it was a holding place, but the tomb was a birthing place. The tomb would hold him for three days, but then the tomb would have to let him go because he would get up with resurrection power and resurrection authority. I want you to know something. That situation that you thought was your tomb, friends, it was your womb. It's not here to kill you. It's here to process you to where God has called you to be. That depression ain't your tomb. That depression is your womb. God is going to birth you from that place. That divorce ain't your tomb. That divorce is your womb. God's going to birth you from that place. I want you to know something. Death, death, you was not Jesus' tomb. You was his womb. He was the first born of the dead. And not only was he born of the dead first, he would come and he would resurrect us all. I want you to know something. Resurrection wasn't an event. Resurrection is a man. And that man is Jesus. He didn't only experience resurrection. He is resurrection. And wherever Jesus is, there's resurrection. Maybe you have a dead calling. Jesus can resurrect it. Maybe you have dead faith. Jesus can resurrect it. Whatever's dead inside of your life, our Savior can call it back to life. He don't just do resurrection. He is resurrection. Come on, somebody. Give him a shout of praise. Jesus is resurrection, and he didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live, and when Satan comes to oppose you, and when Satan tries to remind you of your past, you remind him of his future, he will be thrown into the lake of fire because Jesus has defeated him. He's been disarmed at the cross. He's been defeated at the cross. Now we can be free. Yes, we was born with the sin nature, but now we can walk and be born again by Christ, and we can get a new nature. We can be saved. I talked about my nephew earlier, how he was born with the sin nature. But as he accepts Jesus, he gets the Christ nature. He gets the nature of God. The Holy Spirit indwells him. And the same person that was tempted to sin is the person that's provoked to tell the truth. The same person that wanted to lie wants to walk in truth. And now you're in life and you want the things of God. You want the will of God. Why? Because Jesus has given you a new nature. See, the powerful thing about Christianity that's different from all other religions, all other religions says do, but Jesus says done. In other words, he didn't just say you got to do something. He said he's going to do something in you. You get a new nature, friends. You get a new heart, man. That's our God. He loves you, and he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. I want you to know something. It's the greatest story ever told, and this is the only story 
where the hero dies for the villain. Jesus was the hero. We were the villains. We were the enemies of God. But Jesus died for us. And the craziest thing about the death of Jesus, the craziest thing is, we hear a lot in our world. Well, this person should go to heaven. They're a good person. Friends, good people don't go to heaven. Forgiving people do. Let me say it again. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiving people do. And as you trust in Jesus and as you're forgiven, you get free access to heaven. Friends, this is the gospel. This is the good news. Here's the gospel in the statement. The son of God became a man so sons of men can become sons of God. Let me say it again. The son of God became a man so sons of men can become sons of God. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of God because of what Jesus did for you. Friends, I want to illustrate the best way I can show you the gospel. I have an analogy I want to show you, and I want to illustrate the best way I can show you the gospel. Also, if you're watching the video right now, comment the passion of the Christ. Comment right now under the screen, the passion of the Christ. Comment saved by grace. Come on, somebody. Let's talk. Let's interact. I want you to know Jesus saved you. You're saved by grace. Now, friends, I want to illustrate this story. I want to show you what happened and what the gospel looks like. There's a story of this woman, and this woman was speeding down the highway. And as she was speeding, she was going 20 miles over the speed limit. And when she was speeding, she got pulled over by the officer. And he said, ma'am, you were speeding. You were going 20 miles over. I'm writing you a ticket. And she tried to plead with him, but he wrote her a ticket because she broke the law. And the law demanded justice. And then, the, and then as she broke the law and got her ticket, she got a court date. And she went to court and she met with the judge. And as she met with the judge, the judge said, why are you here, ma'am? She said, I'm here because I broke the law. I was speeding 20 miles over the speed limit. And the judge said, ma'am, that's not good. He said, well, that's going to demand payment. You're going to have to pay for breaking the law. And she said, how much? He said, $100. And if you pay it right now, you can leave and go free. And she said, judge, we got a problem. I don't have $100. He said, ma'am, you have to have $100. And you have to pay now because if you don't pay, you go to jail because the law demands justice and she began to cry to the judge and the reason why she began to cry to the judge she said judge I got three kids they don't have their father I'm all they have and if I go to jail I don't know where they would go he said ma'am I'm so sorry but you have to go to jail if you can't pay because the law demands payment and she sat there and she weep and she said judge is there anything you can do he said there's nothing I can do and as she weeped the judge done something so unique he stepped off the podium. He walked over to the bench. When he went to the bench, he picked up his motorcycle jacket. He took off his robe, and he put on his motorcycle jacket. He walked up to the woman. He said, hi, my name is Mike, and here's $100. After that, he walked away from the lady. He walked back to the bench. He took off his motorcycle jacket. He put back on his robe, and he went back to the podium, and he said, ma'am, the law demands payment. It costs $100 to pay or you go to jail, ma'am. What are you going to do? She said, sir, I have $100. She walked up with tears in her eyes. She gave him $100. He said, ma'am, you can leave free. And she walked out of that courtroom free. Friends, I want you to know something. Jesus did the same thing for you. He took off his godhood. He stepped down and put on manhood. And when he saw you going down the highway of sin, he went to the cross and he 
he died for your sins and he died for my sins. And he said, if you can hand me this death at judgment day, you could go into heaven scot-free. Friends, I want you to know something. Jesus died for you. And not only did he die for you, he died as you. And if you can hand him his death, you go free. And that's the gospel, friends. Not good people go to heaven. Forgiving people do. Jesus paid for you. Jesus died for you. And friends, he couldn't do it as God. He had to do it as a man. He had to come down as a man. Why? Because it would have been illegal for the judge to give her $100, but it wasn't illegal for Mike to give her $100. It would have been illegal for God to die for your sins, but it wasn't illegal for a man to die for your sins. So God came inside of a man and paid for your sins to tell us that it is finished. Friends, it's finished. So don't let the devil lie and touch you no more. Your sins have been paid for. 